Blessed Assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Greetings to you and Blessed Assurance. You're welcome to tonight's edition of the KCF Ashesi Summer Experience Bible Study. Um, the first thing we want to do is to just share a word of prayer. And let's just connect with, with the word, connect with the Holy Spirit, and ask that the Lord himself shall strengthen us, shall give us insight into today's service. Um, we just want to thank God for how far he's brought you, even up until today. Um, for most of you, you'd either be on your way home from work, or for some of you, be at home. In all things, let's just give thanks. Let's ask God to give us strength to do everything that he's called us to do. Um, the Word of God says in the book of John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We just pray that even as we fellowship this evening, that the Word of God shall be spread amongst your hearts, shall be spread within your hearts. And it's my prayer that even as we commune together this evening, the Lord himself shall empower you and give you grace for your family and for greater works. Just for the next one minute, give thanks to God and ask that he shall strengthen you and give you grace for greater things to come. It's by his grace alone, it's by his mercy alone that we continue to live for him and continue to receive in fullness of his glory. Just thank God. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We adore your name. Lord, for this opportunity, we say thank you. We say thank you, Father, for your magnificence. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your your goodness in our, in our lives in this place. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As we, we wait for the rest of our friends to join in, you want to invite a friend, share the link. Make sure you share the link to your family and friends. Share the link to your school platforms, your work platforms. And as you do so as well, remember to subscribe. You'll see the icon at the bottom of your screen to subscribe. And then make sure you turn on the notification bell so that anytime we have an upload from the ministry or the ministry goes live, you'll be the first to know. So just share the link as we wait for our friends to join us. And then we shall get going by the grace of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, you've done so many things for us, and so we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shall we just share with a prayer? Father, even as we come before you tonight, we pray and we ask that you have your way. Lord, may the hearts of your people be as the fertile soil. So as your word says that they shall produce a hundred percent fold yield. And we ask, O oh God, that Lord, even as we participate in your fellowship, may we not leave here the same. And we ask, O oh God, that by your word we shall receive grace, we shall receive strength and newness of life, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So on behalf of Apostle Kingsley J. Godson, the founder of this ministry, KCF, um, on behalf of Reverend Daniel Butry, the resident pastor of Zion Impact Ministry, on behalf of all the Zion Impact pastors, on behalf of the KCF Ashesie, recent past and current executives on behalf of the resident pastor, resident campus pastor for Ashesi, Reverend Roland. I'd like to welcome you again to tonight's session or edition of the KCF Ashesi Summer Experience Bible Study. It's a good time to put your hands together for, for, 
for our leaders and for our men of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And last but not least, I'd like to give thanks and appreciation to my wife, wherever she is. Love you, honey, and thank you for everything that you continue to do. Um, we give glory to God. Hallelujah. It's my prayer that tonight, even as we have convened, you shall be blessed, you shall be encouraged, you shall be empowered, even in the name of Jesus. So we've been dealing for some time now this month with our monthly theme. Um, and the monthly theme, as you all know, is Open Heavens. Um, in the midst of that, we've looked at various scriptures that have allowed us to understand what it means to be in preparation or to be in steadfastness so that we can receive from God under open heavens. Now, aside that, or in addition to our monthly theme, for this summer experience, we've been given a theme that we are following and that we are going by for the last two weeks that we've had, and that theme is on the Kingdom series. Now, I'll just have a, a quick recap for the last two session that we've had so if you remember correctly the first episode we had um reverend Brucci taking us through the importance of kingdom connections and he gave us a very good example with the scripture for the prodigal son um, i think most of you know the story by now and if you don't it's a good time to refresh your minds in the previous episodes you can find them on kcf ministries on youtube so you can refresh your mind he basically dealt with the example of the prodigal son and we got to see two facets of revelation. The first revelation that we got to see was the fact that there's a setting structure within the kingdom of God, and that is birth from the family system. So we got to know that kingdom connections begins from the family system that we have that we got to learn about. Another revelation that we got to know was the importance of staying connected to that kingdom structure or system, which is the influence of the kingdom. So we are seeing two things here, the structure of the kingdom, which is essential, and then the connection to the kingdom, which is another revelation that we learned about. Um, and last week as well, by the grace of God, we were privileged to have Reverend Andrew minister unto us. And he took us through a very powerful session where he taught on the effectual use of the Lord's money. And he taught us a number of things, first of all, that Money is not as evil as, you know, many Christians make it sound like. And that, and that, you know, it's rather the essence that the money that we see or the money that is on earth here is used for the Lord's work, is used for the building of the Lord's church, and is also used to expand the kingdom of God. And he gives so many examples about the use of money and the mindset of the principle to which we are supposed to apply money as we receive within the kingdom of God. Um, today I'll be on your screens for the next 30 minutes or so and we'll basically be touching on another aspect of the kingdom of God. Um, we're going to be treating on the transformation of the believer. So it's a good time to take your pens out, your notepads, your applications on your phones to write along with me. Um, I'd like us to look at two accounts mainly to emphasize my message on the transformation of the believer. Um, we'll look again at the first story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to give the, the full, we're not going to read the full text, um, but I'll just like to emphasize on the last two verses of Luke chapter 15. That's the verse 31 and 32. And it says, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. 
for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost, but now he's found. I repeat the last verse 32. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he is found. You know the story of the prodigal son, so we're not going to go over that, um, but I'm emphasizing on the last two verses, talking about the restoration of the prodigal son. Now, the other account I'd like us to look at is on the account of we Gentiles, or Christians formerly called Gentiles, being brought in to the kingdom of God. And for that, we'll look at the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. I'll just read that quickly. And it says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers, from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I'll go over the verse 13 again. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, in the two accounts that we've read, that's the account of the prodigal son, um, there in the restoration of the prodigal son, and then the account of Ephesians talking about how we Christians, being Gentiles, you know, have been brought near by the blood of Christ or have received salvation by the blood of Christ. These two accounts are essentially giving us some idea of the status of the born-again Christian. Um, for both accounts, we see clearly that there was some kind of lifestyle that we lived, some kind of way of life that we seem to have been accustomed to. But then now, by the virtue of the introduction of the blood of Christ or of the reunion through the Holy Spirit, by the salvation of Jesus Christ, we've been brought into a particular state or brought into a different location. Now, that, that identity or that location here is the Christian or the believer. And I'll just talk a bit on transformation, but um, before that, it's, it's important to note that, you know, receiving Christ Jesus into our lives is more or less an invitation to what I'll call a process of ignition into transformation. Um, this is because once you receive Christ Jesus, that's not the end of it. As a believer, the, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been some kind of a concept that once, you know, you receive Christ into your life, then that's it. You know, the next second, you're going to go to heaven or some kind of myth like that. Um, it's important to note here that there was a life before, there was a identity created at salvation, and there's an expected life beyond that point in time. Now, the expectation of that life beyond the salvation point is what we now, or what we're looking at today, which is the transformation of the believer. Um, if you look at the account of John chapter 3, I believe, and I think it was talking about the account of Nicodemus. And this guy was an astute teacher and elder, you know, at the time. And he secretly, you know, spoke to Jesus Christ, inquiring more and more about the kingdom. And then the Lord told him, except he be born again, he definitely cannot see the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. I think that's from verse 3. I'll just read John 3 from verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we see here Jesus Christ laying an emphasis of what starts the life of the kingdom. And the first thing here is that the believer or the, or the, or the person or individual has to be born again. 
he needs to be given an identity in a new garment. So for the accounts that we read from the prodigal son and from Ephesians, um, as we, we started, we see here, like I said, there was some life. There was now the introduction to a new phase of life. And there's now the exposition to a new life, which will be birthed from transformation. I keep talking about transformation and saying transformation in the last two, three minutes, I believe. What, what, what I mean, if, if, if you look at the word transformation, what exactly is transformation? Um, we're not going to bore down with, you know, the Hebrew, Greek, Latin, Spanish, French version or whatever of, 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 of transformation. But transformation simply is the evidence or the marked, you know, change you can see um, in a person's appearance, character conduct you know abilities is very evident and that is essentially transformation um moving from one state into another state be it gradual be it instant be it continuous that is the state of transformation um we'll just look at a few things as well now we we we, we we've seen and as i've explained um as Christians, we don't stop at giving our life to Christ. No, that's more or less the, the, the beginning of everything. We don't stop over there. Rather, it's a point where we identify or we know that this is giving us a room to a new life or giving us this opens the gate to a new life. Um, and at that point, it's more or less an invitation to walk into a life of transformation, walk into a character of transformation, walk into a mindset of transformation, walk into a, a, an ability that now you didn't have, but now you seem to have. And these traits or these abilities are not, I would say, you, you, you don't see instantaneously. Um, for some people, their transformation seems to be more rapid than others. I'm using my words carefully. It seems to be more rapid than others. Um, another important thing to note here is that transformation is unique to an individual. If I receive Jesus Christ into my life today, and my brother received Jesus Christ into his life today as well, it does not mean that every single day will technically have the same format or mode of transformation. No. It just means that we've both received the invitation into grasping or into growing into the transformation that is unique to myself and to my brother according to the will of God, in accordance with the will of God. So I'll say that again, transformation or the receiving, or rather the receiving of Christ into our lives is not the end of it. Transformation does not end at the moment where you receive Christ into your life, no. Rather, it's the beginning of a new lifestyle that christ has unfolded uniquely to each of us and that's the importance of um of the continuous process of transformation um and, and one thing that we, we 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 can note again from transformation it's a present continuous if i should say it's not something that is a past tense or a present tense it's continuing um there's a lot of consistency there's a lot of continuity, there's a lot of efficacy that is required um, of every Christian, of every believer who has received Christ into his or her life for the first time. And these are things that we cannot put aside. Um, I mean, you can bear witness, I can also bear witness. When we seem to be very consistent at something, when we seem to be very, you know, at it, at something, we're pursuing, you know, 
a job we are pursuing a career you're pursuing an individual maybe you say your soon-to-be boyfriend or your soon-to-be girlfriend or wife or husband there's that continuous approach um at the point where once you like we call it once we lose guard things begin to you know either get slow or they begin to stagnate um so there's some level of continuous intentionality that is required within a transformation process so we've seen clearly here that the origin in the beginning of of or the receiving of Jesus Christ into our lives is the beginning of a transformation process. And that's why we need to understand that it's not enough and it's not okay just to, you know, go back to our way of life after receiving Christ into our, into our lives. There's an there's a expectation where God requires that we yearn, you know, to get to know him more, to get to know his word more, to be transformed by his word. Um, We'll just look at a few scriptures that makes this 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 point even more clear. Um, we'll look at the book of Colossians, chapter three, from verses one to four. Colossians three verses one to to four. It says, "If then you were raised with Christ, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is." sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I'll just take the first two verses again. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Amen. So here we've seen from the account of Colossians here, it's basically highlighting the beginning of the new believer or the Christian. Saying here that he's acknowledging that there was some kind of lifestyle before and now there's a new life. And he or she or the believer is being encouraged to understand that because now he has a new life in Christ Jesus, because now he or she has been raised in the newness of Christ Jesus, they are expected to seek those things which are above. Why? Because that's where the Lord is. Or to seek the things that are affiliated to the Christ, to your new life, to your new source of life, to your new source of kingdom, to your new... Um, should I say, the, the laws and the regulations that guide the individuals within that kingdom. Wherever the Lord is with his dictates, with his laws, with his rules, it is such things we need to seek for, to look for. Um, and by so doing, he then adds that, then your mind needs to be set on those things. Your mind is not supposed to continuously dwell on a life before that you had. If it's a life of laziness, if it's a life of, you know, being in the world, um, continuous drinking and you know, all the verses that we know about. There's a newness that is being asked to be set upon. So you see here, it's not an automatic state where once you receive Jesus Christ into your life and, and as your personal savior, hey, that very second, you're going to be, you know, be transformed into this person of light and your life is brand new. No, there's, there's a, what I'll call a manifestation to be seen. So for sure, you become a new creature as in the word, we'll not go into that now, but you become a new creature and what you have now to do is to manifest it, is to bring it out so that people can see the transformation. Like we define as the 
evident change in the character, in the ability, in the personality of a person. So the book of Colossians gives room to understand that there was this life that you had before and there's this life that now you're living into. But then he's asking to put in a particular action. And the action there that he's talking about here is to set your mind on things above. Is to seek those things where the Lord is seated. Is to seek those things that the Lord has put affiliation to. If you look also at the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, uh, popular scripture, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory we're talking about the image of christ jesus our model our, 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 our example for the perfected state for the transformed state and it says just as it's talking about the same equality the, the the equal measure same state with the lord jesus just as by the spirit of the lord we can also look at romans chapter 12 verse 2 another popular scripture it says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, these three, three verses we've read or three scriptures we've read, um, I believe have a very common um, or similarity amongst them where we've, we've said it's basically acknowledging that, yes, you were living some kind of life before. You had some kind of lifestyle before. Um, upon the receipt of Jesus Christ into your life, upon salvation being given, you ought to live a new life. And that new life is not automatic. That life is not automatic. And that's why the writers of these books have put in play and said, you need to seek for, you need to look for, you need to work towards it. There's some effort that comes by you, the believer, by you, the child of God, by you, the Christian, that is supposed to be continuous so there's that effort um for most of you students um and those who have just graduated um so in this period you'd be probably doing a lot of internships those are for those who are still in school um, some of you will still be in summer school and for those who have graduated with your honors you some of you would be either resting at home or you'd have already started your national um, service positions um you'd Realize that you are basically you are, you are slowly being introduced to a new lifestyle, which you would find for now so much liberty. That's if you are home or if you began to do work or anything, your freedom that you seem to have in school is being constricted. You know, it's getting smaller. There's a new system or way of life that's being created. I think Mr. Boche mentioned in the first um, edition that when you're in school, there's some kind of structure and system that was developed. So you know very well, you wake up, probably go to the cafeteria, have lunch, have breakfast, have lunch, you know, go to your classes when you're done, take a nap, go back to your rooms, go back to the lecture halls, attend your meetings. It was quite structured and rigid. And um, with that, you knew very well how to maximize your time. And you've done that for the last four years. Um, or as if you're still in school for the last couple of years that, that you're in. Um, there's a reason why you, 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 you now have to understand that breaking from school 
or even still being in school, there's a need to have some kind of new lifestyle which will enable you to walk the process of transformation. Um, for those of you who are out of school, so I'll just speak in general now, for those of you who are out of, of school, you'd begin to realize that your comfort zone now will be taken from you. Your time that you thought you have now will be squeezed because there's now a new system of, that you are yet to adapt to. Now, within that system, it's very important to note that the way you used to live or the way you used to, you know, be very fevery or jaseous, you know, be in the mood for word steady, go for all the Christian meetings, all of that was because you are used to a particular way of life or particular lifestyle that you had while you're on campus. Now you're out of campus, you cannot apply that same system into continuing your spiritual growth or into continuing your transformation process. It's not going to work. And that's why you now have to find ways of adapting you know, into making sure that your transformation process is continuously being worked on. Um, we'd just like to talk about a few, or just take us through a few scriptures that help us to, to keep our transformation process intact in the kingdom of God. Just look at a few verses. And these are the, you could say the hows, how we can keep our transformation process, you know, ongoing. Hallelujah. The first thing that I would say um, is something you should look to be doing in this transformation process is to keep your Christian friendships or keep your, you know, your Christian routines as you had from school. Keep them. If it was, say, one hour Bible study in the morning, um, 30 minutes prayer or whatever, try and keep them. Find a way of fitting that into your new system. Um, so that's keeping the Christian routine or keeping your Christian um, friendships. They are key. They are not boring. Your Christian friendships are not boring. And I believe you can, most of you can borrow it. And that's one of the most beautiful things you could actually have, your fellowship of your fellow um, Christian believer. And there are a few verses to back that. Proverbs 27 verse 17. Um, As iron sharpens iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Um, also Hebrews 10 verse 24 says let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but extorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching the day of the Lord the coming of the Lord um, we can also look at Romans chapter 15 verse 5 it says, Now may the God of patience comfort, may the God of patience and comfort, sorry, grant you to be like minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. You can also look at First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. So there we see that recognizing a way of life that was had, and Paul is encouraging. Um, the people to continue in that in that place. Um, the, the, the reason why we say keep the fellowships or keep your Christian friends close or your fellowship close is because, like you've seen, it's in that place that you've received your some of your transformations, some of your growth. Um, for some of you, 
you move on into other fellowships some of you move on into other you know churches or whatnot um and once you continue what you used to have your growth is still there your process is still there um there are some and we could give countless examples um from the beginning of this ministry where some people just fall out completely not necessarily of the fellowship but they fall out of their routines they fall up fall out of their christian friendship that you know they formed and from there it's just a down a downward lifestyle it's 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 yeah i don't think we need to talk about that but the point here is that you need to keep your christian fellowship or keep your christian friends so that you can continue to abide in a lifestyle that was giving you fruition or that was making you bear fruits the bible says in john 15 that jesus christ is the true vine and we can only bear fruit once we are connected to that vine um, hallelujah the second thing is to be active in the fellowship whether you're in school or out of school the bible is replete with with verses that that, that talk about this but it's to be very active in the fellowship whether you're in school or out of school some of you you know say for those who finish school oh where i am is far i can't come for meetings when a day and age of technology and it's essential that if you can connect online you stay that way um Find a way of being active, whether you're in school or not. Don't just sit back and observe people. Get involved in the activities. Get involved in the programs. Um, if you see in the book of First Corinthians 15, verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Romans 12 verse 11 also talks, gives an example, it says, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging. Lagging means being slow or, you know, being behind. Don't be behind in such things. Rather, be involved, be active in the fellowship, whether you're in school or out of school. Um, the book of Mark 9.35 um, says, Jesus Christ sat the disciples down. Call the twelve and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. There's service there. There's an activity involved over there. And then we can also look at Galatians 5 verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So here we are seeing... It's talking about the new life in Christ. Once you receive Christ, you receive freedom, you receive liberty. But the further now you receive Christ doesn't end there. Don't just use that now to, like the Bible says, as an opportunity for the flesh. But use that through love to serve one another. I mean, Apostle has also been speaking about this um, countless times. Whenever, you know, he's, um, he's been speaking to us, always says, when you come to church, don't just be a common floor member just make sure that you find a department join get involved into it because once you are committed to some of these i mean i, mean, I can bear testimony once you're committed to some of these departments it's increasingly unlikely that you'd fall off um, because you know that there are things to look out for there are things where you know hey charlie today i have to go to church to do this or do that you are involved subconsciously as well so it's important that if you're in school try and join a department try and join a kind of program that commits you to the fellowship and by so doing your life will be transformed in ways in which you are not even aware of um another thing or the, the third thing that 
we should look at is to have regular personal retreats. Yes, some of you say, but you're a student. I know you're a student. Essentially saying, have times where you've drawn away from people. Have times where you can, um, you know, spend time reflecting yourself. It doesn't have to be, I mean, if you're in school, it doesn't have to be a 30-day, 20-day period, no. It's basically saying, find time. If it's your maybe on Saturdays, give two hours, find time, draw aside. Um, I think there's a post sometime where even an apostle put on the platform and said, you know, uh, one essential of ministry is always to have regular retreats. Um, it's important. It's important. I, I can't overemphasize um, enough. It's important that at a certain point in time, you draw yourself to be reviewed, have a self-evaluation through the scriptures or through the spirit of God. Um, some scriptures to back that, um, Psalm 62 verse 5 says, My soul wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. Wait silently for God alone. Why? Because from him or within him lies your expectation. Um, Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still and then know. Be still and then gain knowledge from the Lord. It's coming from a place of being separated. Coming from a place where you are being taken aside. So again, that's an emphasis of a personal retreat. Mark 6, verse 30 to 32. Um, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, but did not even have time to eat. Um, again, we are seeing the importance of being set aside. Draw yourself aside and have time for yourself within the presence of the Lord. Can look at one last scripture for this um, point. Luke 5 from verse 15 to 16. However, the report went, concern, went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16 of Luke 5 says, So he, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. There was so much activity that was going on, and he needed time to be with himself, to communicate to his father, to know what the Lord, for what God wanted him to do, you know, in the next steps or so. Um, another point we can look at is you need to seek to have a personal encounter. Seek to have your own revelation of Jesus. Um, I think for most of the students, and whenever we come on campus, we, sh we, we emphasize as well, know God for yourself. Don't know God from a poster. Don't know God from somebody's status. Don't know God from somebody's wallpaper. Know God for yourself. And the only way that you can do that is to seek to have your own personal encounter. Seek to have your own revelation. This thing works. It's not a fable that we are, we are saying. If you unveil yourself to receive from the Lord, He will answer. He will answer. Uh, Matthew 16 from verse 15 to 16. We see here that Jesus Christ asked His disciples, who all are people saying about Him? And then he turned and asked, what do you guys say about me? What, what have you received? What have you known about me? And then we see Peter's revealed answer that says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, it's important that you, that, that testimony is not something that you are reading, you know, from a book or from a script. It's something that comes within. It's a convicted revelation. Hallelujah. Acts 19 from verse 15, one of the interesting um, verses in the, throughout the scriptures says that, an evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Um, 
very interesting. Again, there's a place where even the demons know that you and Christ have a connection. You have built that intimacy and that fellowship with the Lord. And so, again, know Christ for yourself. Uh, we also see in the book of Nicodemus chapter, I beg your pardon, John chapter 3. We see in the book of John chapter 3 where Nicodemus, you know, went to the Lord to engage with him. And through his dialogue, through his interaction, he had a revelation of Jesus Christ, personal revelation. To the extent where in the latter parts of the Gospels where Jesus Christ was buried, he was there assisting with the Lord's burial. Um, because he has known the Lord for himself, he's had an encounter with him. And we also see so many encounters from Paul from his time of tribulation. These are periods that made him know or from his conviction with the Lord. He knew now that this is the Lord and this is what he wants. He had his personal conviction. He sought for his own experience and his own, his own encounters. The fifth point is to be accountable to one another in the house of God. Be accountable to your shepherd. Be accountable to your fellow brethren. Be accountable to your leaders in the fellowship. Don't be on your own island. Don't do too no. In summary, you cannot know and understand all things on your own. Find people that you're accountable to. So find people that you're accountable to. Don't keep personal matters to yourself. Try and be more open because they are brothers and sisters that have gone ahead of you. And you can glean from their transformation processes. You can glean from how they've been progressive in their Christian work. Um, the last point I'd like to give is to have continuous Bible study. Watch sermons. Play back the audio and the podcast that the ministry has. Um, have consistent, dedicated prayer times and prayer intervals. And then meditate a lot. Um, from 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, it says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're seeing here is asking you to be a student of the study, steady to show yourself approved. Um, Joshua 1 verse 8 also says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe it to do according to all that is written in it. For then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Day and night, day and night, 24-7, continuous habit. We also see in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, you, yes, you, the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work um again we're talking about bible study knowing the scriptures delving into it understanding asking questions you know being a part being one with the flesh philippians 4 verse 6 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made unto god here's talking about prayer prayer about everything there's nothing too trivial um with god there's nothing too trivial in your lifestyle Everything, no matter how insignificant it may seem, commit to God, talk to God about it, pray to God about it. And then First Thessalonians 5 verse 17, short scripture, pray without season. Pray without season. Um, so I'll just go over the six things that we've mentioned that guide you 
to track your transformation process. The first is to keep your Christian routines and keep your Christian friends. The second is to be active within the Christian fellowship. Be active within your church. Be active within your assignments within church. The third thing is to have consistent and regular personal retreats. The fourth thing is to keep seeking to have a personal encounter and know Jesus for yourself. The fifth thing is to be accountable first to God and then to one another within the ministry. And number six is to engage continuously in Bible study, sermons, and prayer and meditation. I believe these are a few points that we can take home now to continue our life of transformation within the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Um, just to conclude, like I've said, transformation is not a negotiation. It's not something that needs to be considered. Transformation is not a something that you are going to negotiate or something that you are going to consider. Transformation is essentially something that is part and parcel and is expedient. It's needed. And so it's important that you grasp the, the, the or accept that once you've walked into this new kingdom, there are still things that you need to evolve from or there's a growth process that you need to go through to be transformed. Um, I mean, those in school, those who have graduated, I believe even as we draw near to your national service periods, draw near to your work periods, draw near to your school um, periods, um, you're going to have another opportunity where you can make the best of your time, make the most of your time, and then glean more within the Word of God for transformation. Um, it's my prayer that even as you go back, would have a testimony where most of us have evolved, even as Christians, we've transformed with new character, with better quality, better abilities, better mindsets, you know, within the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, with this, I'd just like to bring the session, this edition um, to an end. I believe that you've been blessed and then we pray that the Lord shall grant you grace to multiply your good works, to multiply your good works. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed tonight, even in the name of Jesus. Um, Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the release. I thank you, O oh God, for your strength within us. Father, even as we've studied about your word and about transformation, give us grace, give us strength, Lord, to know more about you, to know more about your ways, to bring you pleasure, Father, by doing your will. I pray for our friends and our family and for our students, that, Lord, even as they go back to school, even as they go back into their national service periods, even for us, Lord, outside school, we pray, O oh God, the Lord, let your spirit of truth, let your grace, O oh Father, be multiplied unto us, that we shall continuously abide in your presence, and we shall grow in your good works, even in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I think at this time, we may, you, you, you can give a goodwill offering if you want. Um, for KCF Omo number, if it's not in your head, you can ask your friend who may have memorized it so that you can send your goodwill offering or gift seed. Um, it's been a pleasure with you. Um, it's been a blessing studying the Word of God together. And I pray that you look forward to the next edition next week, Tuesday night. It's a special edition that you cannot miss. I'm not going to talk about it, but you cannot miss the last one. So get ready for the last edition next week, Tuesday, same time next week. God bless you for listening. May God strengthen you. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone.
and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.